Anabolic Academy here on Serious and Silliness Bodybuilding. This is the show where you ask me questions via Instagram, via Facebook, via TikTok, via email. You call me, you see me, and then I answer the questions right here on Serious and Silliness Bodybuilding. But before we start, please like, subscribe, share. Now, you may have noticed a little bit of a difference in the decor. Well, this is my uh, Chinese gong. And I'm going to use it for Anabolic Academy. And every time we move on to a different question, I'm just going to go. And then we're going to move on. So you'll hear it. And then we go on to the next question. Assholes. Anyway. So we have a lot of questions. Not a lot. Well, a decent amount. You know, more than usual. And the first question is from my dear friend, Katie Collins. She's also the one that edits these videos. So that's how you know this is going to be a good question because she does such a great job on editing the videos. Anyway, she wants to know when you lose fat, where does it go? Well, when fat cells are metabolized, the byproducts are then uh, released in urine, sweat, and carbon dioxide when you exhale. That's it. That's the answer. That's the whole answer. <laughs> Next question. And these are the rest are all Instagram questions. So let's get to the Instagram questions. Let's see here. Okay. Uh, here we go. Okay. Hit fit underscore performance. Do you follow men's physique? And if not, what are your thoughts about the division? I do not. Wait, I forgot. Next question. I do not follow men's physique because it's a stupid division. Now, look, I'm not saying the guys don't work hard and the guys don't uh, actually diet hard and work out hard in the gym. But the whole idea that you're just going to judge one half of your body, although now I understand that they're actually going to be judging thigh size to see if they can see it through the um, – through the – the, the, your, your swim trunks. I don't know. So to me, the whole thing is like, it's just ridiculous. All right. Here's the truth. Bodybuilding realized that there are a lot of people that want to compete, but felt that they couldn't compete because their legs didn't grow. Not a lot of people have good legs, right? So what they do is they go, all right, let's just tell them they can compete. Right. And, but we won't judge their legs. They put on swim trunks. They look like an old Navy commercial. And then we just judge them for the waist up, and we make a ton of money. And it worked until they came out with Classic Physique. Once Classic Physique came out, that just destroyed men's physique because Classic Physique is a much more real division, if that makes sense. You're, you're basically judging the entire body and also the individual looks the individual attain uh excuse me edit that out. the individual physique looks attainable right and it is impressive but looks attainable and therefore the class is actually exposed to a wider audience it became a more mainstream audience and you know all the kids know who sebum is and they got a lot more fans that way and so on and so forth so it was a good move but at the same time i don't think it was intentional but it kind of killed uh, men's physique. I know when you go to a 
uh, NPC show, you still have a lot of men's physique competitors, but that's just because, you know, these guys want to compete and they know they don't have great legs. But once you get into the, you know, once you get into the national level, the professional level, it's body, but it's open to 12 and classic physique. And I'll go as far as to say classic physique is uh, even more popular than 212 now. But okay. That's my thought on that. Now, next question from same guy, hit fit underscore performance. He says, what are your thoughts regarding the Arnold Classic? Who is your top five? Okay. My top five might shock you a little bit. I might be I might be off, but this is just my opinion. I know Samson had a little bit of a hamstring hamstring tweak. But according to his latest video, it's fine. He has no pain, and he's going to be able to continue to train regularly. So I don't think that's going to affect him. My opinion is I think, and I know you're going to, you guys are going to kill me for this, I think Samson is going to win. And here's, here's why, and then I'll give you the, the, the rest of it. I think Samson is going to win for two reasons. One, Samson seems to be getting better with every show he does. And I truly believe he's going to be better at this Arnold as well. He's getting, he seems to be, you know, but if you look at Samson from Prague to the Olympia, um, the Prague physique was much better than, than the Olympia physique. Um, and every show he does, it gets better and better. Also, the Arnold Classic prefers physiques like Samson, the very aesthetic small waist, flaring quads, beautiful poser, um, rather than the grainy, hard, hardcore, over-muscular, over-powerful, short bodybuilder like a hottie chupin. Now, I could be dead wrong, but my opinion is Samson will beat hottie chupin. He'll get the win. Hottie chupin will come in second, and I think... Again, I could be wrong, but I think Hadi will have such a bad taste in his mouth from bodybuilding and truly believes that he should have won the Olympia and the Arnold that he quits bodybuilding. Just my opinion. I don't know. So that's one and two. Number three, I'm going to have Raphael Brandown. Number four, I'm going to have James Hollingshead. And number five, I'm going to have Horse MD. I do not have Nexilla in the top five because I don't think his physique is uh, – symmetrically more pleasing than the rest. He has a lot of size, but uh, his legs really, really overweigh his upper body. And he also doesn't have a lot of uh, separation in his quads. And I don't think he had enough time from Prague to the Arnold to make that much of a change in his physique. I think, um, I mean, I would have jumped in. If I was him too, I would have done the Arnold too if they invited me. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see. He might be crisper, but as far as actually being able to balance out his physique, I don't think he had enough time. So we'll just we'll just see. I mean, those are my predictions. I might be dead wrong. Things might change. I don't know. Okay. So now, now the rest of the questions are from Fran is the man because Fran is the man because Fran gives me all the questions or most of the questions every week. So next question. Ron is the man. Did you start lifting with intentions to compete in bodybuilding or did someone approach you to compete? No, I did not 
start lifting with intentions of bodybuilding. I started lifting, honestly, for girls. Not going to lie. You know, I was about 14, 15 years old. And you now I was a little chubby. And I, well, I was about 14. I was a little chubby. And I wanted to, you know, I was puberty kicked in. And I wanted to start, you know, meeting girls. And I was like, well, maybe if I work out, I'll, you know, attract some girls. Uh, then I started reading the the actual uh, magazines, you know, Flex and Muscular Development and whatnot. Flex was usually my go-to. I used to like Flex. I used to look at all the – I knew who all the, the bodybuilding guys were. I became a big fan. And then what happened was a friend – I was 22. And a friend, she was a female bodybuilder. She was a personal trainer. At the time, it was Gold's Gym in Staten Island. It is now New York Sports Club. Her name was Cassie Hornbuckle. She was a tremendous female bodybuilder and a tremendous person. And she said to me, we became friendly at the gym. And she said to, she actually trained me one time. And she said to me, do you ever think about bodybuilding competing? And I went, I don't think so. I, I you know, I'm not big enough. I, Cause I wasn't, you know, what was I 170, 180 pounds, but she saw my physique and she said, you don't need to be that big. And I remember she used the example of Sean Ray. She goes, look how, look at Sean Ray. He's not very big, but he does great in bodybuilding shows. You know, you don't have to be the biggest guy on the stage. So she said, why don't you come with me to a show? And we went to the Mr. Staten Island. Back then, there was a guy named Mario Strong. He was a promoter for Mr. Staten Island. And uh, this was 1998. And I went with her. And once I went with her there, man, I fell in love. And that was the first time I saw Dave Palumbo. That was the first time I, I saw who Steve Weinberger was. That was the first time I saw who Bev Francis was. Um, who else was there? Those were, I remember those were the big names there. And I remember looking on stage and going, oh, you know, this is an NPC. At the time, the Mr. Mr. Staten Island show wasn't even a national qualifier. So I was like, oh, this is a, I could do this. I looked at the guys on stage. I was like, oh, I can do this. I think I could do this. And one year later, that same girl that I was continuing to be friends with helped me prep for that contest. I had some, she helped me prep. And I remember Ronnie Brown, who was Leon Brown's cousin, Help me pose, learn how to pose for the Mr. Staten Island contest. I had some other, you know, a lot of other guys helped, but those are the two biggest people that helped. Uh, uh, she did my diet for me. Cassie and Ronnie Brown helped me pose. And then charge me a nickel. They did not charge me nothing. They just wanted to help. You know, I, I don't know if it's the same anymore, but back then it was like all the guys in the gym would help you. Then they'd volunteer backstage and they would help you backstage. You know, like I didn't know what to do, man. And then Ronnie Brown came over and she started fucking spraying the uh, the Pam on me and holding me down. Cassie was the one that put the protein on me. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but they helped. You know, they were they were good people back then. All right. Now, next question. From Fran is the man. Do you recommend any protein bars or are they just expensive candy bars with the fear of protein? I don't mind eating protein bars like when you're on your off season because then, you know, you're just getting some extra protein. Um, but if you, if you're looking to uh, diet down, I would get rid of the protein bars. That's, I don't, it's to me, it's just, you have to be in a calorie deficit state to lose body fat. And that's like one of the easiest things you can get rid of to get rid of calories. And it's, it's not necessary because at that point, you know, you want to retain as much muscle. So you want to get whatever calories you can possibly get. You want as food or maybe a whey shake. Um, but other than that, yeah, that'd be the first thing I would do if I was, if I was um, trying to get in shape and lose weight and try to, you know, 
or, or pre-contest or whatnot. Um, but as far as like off off season, yeah, I mean, protein bar is fine. You know, I mean, obviously some are better than others. You'd have to do your due diligence and look it up and see which one is more quality and so on and so forth. Next question from Fran is the man. What advice would you give Nick Walker to improve his front lat spread? He always loses that pose. Won't give him any advice. I have no idea. I can't give any advice at that stage. You know, he has to go to his trainer or whoever it is, Tudor, Tuar, whatever the guy's name is, to help him with that. Or we'll go to Dave Palumbo or Chris Aceto or George Farrell or Milos. I, I, I can't. What am I gonna what am I gonna tell Nick Walker? What am I going to tell one of the best bodybuilders in the world? I'm a schmuck with a fucking microphone talking to you, hitting a gong. Yeah. No, I don't I don't have that. I'm not going to be able to do that. All right. Next question, Franz the man. Once C-Bomb retires, who will be the face of bodybuilding and fitness? Oh, who the hell knows? There's so many new guys coming in, and, and I, I, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to who is going to be. I mean, if you had to put a gun to my head, I would say Sam Sulik, but I don't really want to say that because he doesn't compete. But, you know, uh, he's already kind of overtaking the fact that he's the face of bodybuilding. I, I don't know. But in in the competitive world, I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason. I don't know why Seabum is, is like everybody's favorite. He's got the personality of a snail. Um, When you watch him work out, it's not motivational at all. He's got a great physique. That much I'll give you. I know he's the best in his division. I'll give him that, obviously. But I don't know. So there's no rhyme or reason as to who is going to explode on social media. There's no rhyme or reason to who is going to be a fan's favorite. Um, uh, it, it, it's something unpredictable. It's something unpredictable. Because there's not like a force. There's not a force behind one of these guys going, oh, you're going to be the number two. You know, like, you know, like It wasn't like back in the day where everybody was like, Oh, uh, Ronnie's retiring, so Flex is going to be the new dude. Or Dorian, Dorian's done. Flex, Flex Wheeler is not up a bat to be the bet. You know, the, the the face of uh, the face of bodybuilding. It's just not like that anymore. You know, there's there's so many variables now. YouTube and social media and who the fans like and who the fans don't like and you know, just too many variables. I can't predict that. I have no idea. Like I said, I don't even know why Seabum is so popular. I mean, he puts me to sleep, but that's everybody else. Okay, next question. Fran is the man. Favorite gym equipment brand? Hammer, Strength, Cybex, Precore. You know what? I don't even know. I mean, the only I have no idea. Hammer, Strength, I like. I like. I like. I like anything that is um, that you could stack weight on it. Any of those machines? I'm not big into, you know like a machine that has the weight in it unless it's like cable but if you like shoulder presses anything that you know you could that uh you could stack weight on it like a hammer strength hammer strength i know was like the original uh machines that did things like that so i guess i'd have to go with hammer strength you know so i really don't keep up with the names of the equipment and once again next question from is the man how would a 2018 version of Sean Roden do in the last year's Olympia? In last year's Olympia, oof, that's a good question. Wow, I don't know. That's a good. That's a really good question. Immediately, I want to say fourth because he had a very similar physique to 
Samson. Samson is just a bigger version of him. That's a rough one, man. I I I don't know. I you know you got to remember when when <clears throat> when Sean Roden won the Olympia. These guys were young and coming up. Grammy wasn't ready yet. Derek Lunsford wasn't ready yet. Hottie wasn't ready yet. You had him. You had Phil, who was on his way out, clearly. You had uh, Brandon Curry. And you had Roley. You know, the quality of guys now, the top five compared to top five in 2018, the quality is much better now. You know, especially the top three, Derek, Hottie, and and Samson. I want to say Sean Roden would take fourth. Again, I know you people are going to kill me for it, but I don't care. I got to give my my real opinion. I, I, I would, that's what I would that's where I would put him fourth. But then again, you know, once you put him on stage next to people, like you, you're not going to be able to really have that argument because you can't really see what they look like next to each other. You can put picture to picture, but it doesn't mean anything because it's just a picture next to each other. Once you get on stage and you see them together, you go, "Oh shit, that's." You can see their flaws when you compare them to somebody else, and vice versa. You can see their strengths when you compare them to somebody else on stage, in person, live. It's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game. Let's see. Do we have any other questions? I think we might have one. Oh no, we got two more. Two more. Okay. Next question. Thoughts on Andrew Jack dropping out of the Arnold? Okay. All right. So, yes, I found out today. Uh, Andrew Jack dropped out of the Arnold. Now he posted on his Instagram why he dropped out, and here is uh, what he said on his Instagram. I'm pulling out from Arnold's, from both Arnold's, the U, uh, the USA and the UK. I didn't even realize that. I'm having so many things happening at the same time from different factors, all needs my attention, which makes it difficult to concentrate for this prep. I don't want to go there anything short of 100%. I just don't want to make up the numbers nor get placings if not for the win. Okay. Um, He wasn't very specific. He just said he had a lot of distractions. Now, that could be anything. You You know, if his father is a Nigeria with stage four cancer, I get it, right? I get it. You know, God forbid, obviously, uh, you want to be by his bedside. I fully understand. But if this is a guy that everything needs to be perfect in order for him to compete, you know, then I'm afraid he's in for a rude awakening because nothing is ever going to be perfect. There's always going to be some shit that's going to happen. Like with Samson, you know, he just had a hamstring tweak. He's like, well, you know, figure it out, roll it from there, right? If that is Andrew Jack's attitude, then my prediction for Andrew Jack is that he will never fulfill his true potential. He still hasn't filled out that frame. He needs to fill out that frame. If he fills out that frame, 5, 10, 15 pounds of more muscle, he is Mr. Olympia. But he has to fill out that frame. And I, I in the last year, 
year and a half, I have not seen that from him. I've seen him going to shit, come into shape, like at Texas this year. I believe it was Texas, right? Where he came in really great shape, right? And uh, but then once you put him against guys like in the Arnold or in the Olympia, and again he's exposed because he just doesn't. He look he winds up looking lanky because you know Samson, Hadi, Derek, they have so much muscle on their frame, and if he doesn't finish fill out that frame then he's just going to stay where he is, you know, top five at the big shows, able to win little shows, which is great. But the problem is he's better than that. And if he doesn't fulfill his potential, this is where he's going to stay. That's my opinion. Now, if it's something really, really, you know, difficult, like I said, death in the family, family member is very sick. He needs to buy their, be by their bedside. I fully get it. You know, deal with it, you know, grieve, take care of your family, come back better than ever. As a matter of fact, if that's the case, then I I would respect it 100%. But if it's the case where it's just, you know, little things here and there and you just can't deal with the stress, then I don't know what to tell you, man. There's always always, going to be something when you're prepping. There's always going to be something, you know, it's never going to be perfect. But that's just my opinion. Well, we are down to our last question for today's Anabolic Academy. And that last question is a very interesting one. Last question for Anabolic Academy. If Fuad allowed you to interview Sam Sulik, but for free, would you take the offer? Well, it depends how much the fee is. I've paid for people to come on my other channel, the Outcast channel. There are certain people that, not many, but there are certain people that want to get paid. And if it's if it's fair, then no problem. But there are certain people that want to get paid an insane amount of money. You know, if the, if he comes to me and goes, yeah, I want to... I want $1,200 for the hour. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You're not not giving you $1,200 for the hour. But, you know, if it it depends on, on, on the, how much the fee is. And of course I would interview Sam Sulik. I mean, I mean, let's face it. My channel would blow up overnight. If I got the only interview of Sam Sulik, that's because I would ask, especially if I had to pay for it, I would, I would just know. All right. So here's my rule. If I, if you are coming on my show, and you just go, yeah, absolutely, I'll come on your show for an interview. Then what, what happens is before I start the show, I give you enough respect where I go, is there anything you don't want me to ask you? You know? And some people say, you know, just don't get my private life, not my nothing about my kids or whatever, blah, blah. Some people say, no, I'm an open book, whatever. But if I have to pay you, then it is a total business transaction. And I will not ask you that question. I'm going to ask you whatever I want. So if... I were to interview Sam Sulik and I had to pay a fee to interview Sam Sulik. You bet your ass I'm going to be asking him about steroids. You bet your ass I'm going to be asking him about his diet, how he trains, about if he's really awkward around women, about if uh, if Fuad is actually really uh, taking advantage of him. I would ask him all the tough questions. Uh, that's because I have to, if I have to pay you. If Sam Sulik were to just be like, no problem, man, I'll come on the show. Absolutely, you know, for free, which would never happen. Um, then I would give him that same respect. I did it to Jay Cutler. I did it to Linda Murray. I did it to every bodybuilder I answered because no bodybuilder ever wanted to get paid. 
I did it to every bodybuilder. And I said, what don't you want me to ask you? And then I even take it a step further and I go, if you say something that you don't want known to the public, let me know before I release it. I will edit it out. This is only if they, if these people don't charge me because then they're, they're doing me a favor. You know, I'm not a big channel. You know, they're helping me. And I understand that. We all have to understand where on the hierarchy we are. And if that's the case, I'm going to give you that much respect. Now, if I have to pay you, that goes out the window. I'm passing you anything and everything I want. And if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. You could just say pass and I'll I'll keep going, but I'm going to keep it in the um, video. I've done that before. You know, I've, I've done that before. It, it is what it is. And I think it's only fair. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've paid. Who did I pay? Oh, well, Tom Sizemore had to pay. And he was, and I, we talked about it. I asked him about his drug addiction. And we talked about his drug addiction before he passed. I think, how much did I have to pay him? Tom Sizemore, I had to pay $500, 500 bucks for the hour. And to me, I thought that was worth it because he was a huge Hollywood star. He was in movies like Saving Private Ryan, um, Natural Born Killers. Um, uh, what other movies was, was he in? Off the top of my head, I can't... Uh, you know, heat with De Niro and Pacino, you know, he was huge. So to me, that it was worth it. Right. Uh, thankfully, 98% of people that I asked to come on, don't ask to get paid, which is, and I'm, and I'm grateful for that. I'm very, very grateful for that. That's why I'm very respectful for to people that come on my show for an interview. If it's a one-on-one -on -one interview, I'm very, very respectful to people because, you know, they're helping me and I'm going to be respectful toward them. Anyway, that is, does it for Anabolic Academy. That was actually a really good Anabolic Academy. Thank you, Fran is the man. Thank you, Hit uh, Performance. Thank you, Katie Collins. I really enjoyed all the questions. And until next time, like, share, subscribe, series and selling this bodybuilding. And we are out.